You are listening to Legally Binding, a podcast brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law that is all about providing the business community with useful and practical legal tips and advice for growing and sustaining business ventures. For more information, please feel free to visit our website at www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. We hope you enjoy. And today, what I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about is um, how do you protect your purchase if you're buying a business? So um, over the course of the last year, one thing that, I, that I've seen that um, our firm has seen a lot of is individuals who are in points of transition. So they've been in this, they've, they've been at a point where they've accumulated wealth, they've worked in corporate, and they're looking to make a transition to business ownership, but they're not really all that interested in starting a business from scratch. So um, one of the things that you do is you, you buy a business, you buy a pre existing business. Um, there are a lot of owners that are, you know, getting up there in age, they're looking to sell. So how do you go about? identifying a purchase price for a business and then protecting yourself in um, one in making sure that that's the right purchase price but two um, ensuring that the value of the business does not drop post acquisition uh, so and again this is from the buyer side so when when you are initially entering into an arrangement where you are going to purchase a business you will um, you will sign something called a non-disclosure agreement. The non-disclosure agreement essentially states that two parties are entering into discussions for the potential of a proposed transaction. That transaction will be the acquisition of either the stock or the assets of a of a company, right? Uh, and when you after they enter into this non-disclosure agreement, that's when the initial exchange of information comes. So um, there will be. Uh, very high level um, financial documents that are exchanged, very um, high level. You may get the tax returns, but probably not until uh, the, the formal due diligence part. Uh, but you, you'll start to gain a little bit more access to the business. And then uh, in order to, to see if it's something that you actually want to become serious about pursuing. Um, once you, once the two parties decide that that's something that they want to pursue, something called a letter of intent is um, is executed. So this letter of intent is the first document that lays out what the potential purchase price is going to be. And I say potential because as a buyer, that is all that it should be. If you are entering into a letter of intent and the purchaser wants you to um, to be firm on what that in purchase price is don't sign it. Uh, the purchase price should always be an estimate of what the end price is going to be, the, the actual price, um, uh, both paid at closing and then broken out uh, post-closing. But the reason that you always want to keep that purchase price uh, as an estimate uh, and, and make it contingent upon certain things that are uncovered in the due diligence phase is because you don't know everything about that business until you enter into the due diligence phase and until you have the ability to ask further questions and follow up on certain things that you find. So, for instance, one thing that you have to be very careful of is when you're purchasing a business um, especially if it's a service-based business, is customer concentration. So one thing that um, that uh, situation that I've run into in in the last uh, three deals that that I've done uh, from the buyer side of an acquisition is uh, there has been a purchase price that has been um, put on the table, and one of the main issues that we've seen is that 
either um, 30 to 40, sometimes um, 50% of the annual revenues from that business comes from one client. Now, what is the issue with this? A lot of times, if you have the majority of your revenue coming from one client and you are doing, we'll say, uh, over a million dollars in business a year, that probably means that the relationship that was established with that one client is probably tied to that owner. So if the relationship is tied to the owner, you have to ensure that that owner stays. So the purchase price is, um, and, and if there's a contract in place, it makes it even more necessary for you to have it uh, have that purchase price contingent, um, and sometimes even the closing contingent upon you staying in that contractual relationship with that client that is your largest source of revenue generation. Um, but then also the other thing that you have to do is you have to make sure that post-closing you have entered into a contractual relationship with the owner that is selling the business. Now, why do we do this? Um, we do this because a person who has put their blood, sweat, and tears into building, building a business has a lot of the business's goodwill tied into their presence. So in that post-transition, you want to ensure that that business owner play, uh, stays on and uh, at least for that next year, right? Um, six months to a year, a lot of times I push for a year, and that is stating that they are going to serve both as um, a, a transitional consultant, so ensuring that the culture stay, that the culture that needs to be put in place stays, um, that key employees, um, key managers that were in the business uh, prior to the acquisition stay in the business, um, and it also ensures that that person and whoever uh, might have been the, the main point of contact for potential clients and contracts that you that you need to retain in order to make sure that the value of the business does not drop automatically post acquisition. Uh, you use it to ensure that they stay on and that they are able to continue to work with those clients and make those clients feel comfortable in this transition. Nobody likes change. Change is difficult for uh, for people to to take to understand. And the the concept of loyalty it, especially from a client perspective, it, um, sometimes, you know, maybe not as, as much now, but it's typically higher um, the longer that you're in a relationship. But when ownership changes, um, there's always that question of will there still remain that sense and level of loyalty from that client base? And then to the same extent, you have to look at the involvement of the owner in the, uh, in the actual operations of the business. So the question to ask is, can this business run? So if, if the owner were to, were to get sick were to, they, and they were to have to be out um, for a month, two months, how would that business operate? If you're purchasing a business where the business cannot run without that owner, that means that you are gonna have to either step in and do a lot of work, or it means that you're purchasing something where, uh, where the variable that has created the, the full, um, value of this company is potentially going to be stepping away and you are going to be living in an unknown. So you are want to you, you, you want to make sure that any businesses that you're any business that you are purchasing has more than just one person that is running the show. They can they can have that main person be the overall visionary. They can be the one that's driving the um, the long term strategy. But if there are not if the business does not have other key people in place that um, understand their role that can um, that can execute and that can keep the business up 
going, moving, generating the same level of revenue in the absence of that business owner, understand that you are going to be taking a risk. And so all of these risks need to be understood when you are calculating the purchase price and you need to, um, again, make that purchase price contingent upon being able to lock down that owner, being able to lock down the key employees, being able to lock down those, uh, those key contracts. That Once again, this has been Legally Binding brought to you by Jackson Corporate Law. For more information, visit our website, www.jacksoncorporatelaw.com. And of course, don't forget to follow us on all forms of social media and subscribe to our podcast so that you can receive updates on each newly released episode. Until next time, we wish you continued success in life and in business.